Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is in the same room as me, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing great. Look, Trevor, we when was the last time we recorded a live pod? Was it when uh, we were in, when we were in Chicago? It, I, I think yeah, August. It was. Yeah. It was in August. And, and so basically, we've recorded in person. We've recorded maybe once in the past three years, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's before. Besides that. It would probably be since we were in BG. Yeah, since we were in college. 2020. Yeah, yeah. And see, here's the thing, Trevor. Personally, I, I want to record more in person, you know? Like, I think that'd be a good idea. Maybe we should just, like, like if I just, like, manifest, like, maybe we should just get a place, you know, and, like, live together. What do you think? Yeah, maybe we should. I think that's a good idea. All right. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to clap my hands. All right, you clap with me, okay? We're going to clap our hands at the same time. I'm going to count down, and we're going to manifest it, and we're just going to start living together after that, okay? All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, wait, that was cheesy, but look, <laughs> here's a little announcement. Cheesy, like, Trevor and I, we have created the Small Baller House, so our podcast will be in person in some capacity moving forward. We're whipping up a whole little setup. We're going to make it all happen, and it's it's going to be really great. But from now on, Trevor and I are living together. There's going to be a lot of jokes um, probably a lot of the stuff we'll share on the podcast of weird stuff we do, and yeah, it's gonna be great. So there's there's our little announcement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're gonna be roommates, and of course we have Josh, um, who's also gonna be our roommate. Yeah, we got I'm three. Sure, sure, we're gonna be having him on the podcast yeah. every now and then. There might be, you know, he might just pop in the room and just you know say something stupid or give us a little soccer stat or something. But it's gonna be great. And today's day one. We we're recording a pod on day one. We don't even have a couch yet. No. There's no couch in the main room. We, we pretty much just have a mic. That might, That's about it. This was the most important stuff was the podcast setup. Yeah, absolutely. This was, you know, this was one of the most important things. And, you know, who knows? We have me, Brandon, and Josh. Maybe one day we will convince Ben O'Brien. Maybe we will ben, convince please. him to move up here to the Cleveland area. Who knows? We've, we've been trying. I, I know that the fans would love it. The fans would love it. And see, if Ben was a man of the people, which he's not, if he was... He would make the move up to Cleveland, and it, everything would be just beautiful. It'd just be like back at Bowling Green. We'd have a whole setup. It'd be amazing. But look, Trevor, I think that's enough. Enough intro for today. We we, we got so much to talk. Well, it's a little bit of a lighter episode. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Normally, I'm like, there's so much to talk about, and I'm not lying normally. Uh, today, I'd be lying to say that. We, we were a little bit on the lesser side. Um, but look, we're going to start off with the Masters. The Masters is going on. It's been a wacky weekend in Augusta. There's trees falling on people, a lot of rain. Uh, they, they've stopped the play today, uh, from my understanding. Uh, Brooks Kepka is, is up four strokes in John Rahm. Um, I think, I, I don't really care who wins. Do you care? Like, is it, would you, I guess maybe you'd rather a non-live guy win? Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I don't want a live guy to win. So Brooks Kepka, I hope he goes out and he just completely just like shanks every ball he hits and he doesn't win. That would yeah. be, that would be my preference. Um, but yeah, it's really weird, you know, like some of these guys like Kepka, Rom, and Bennett, um, they all only played six holes today in the third round. So apparently tomorrow they have to go out and play, do the math, 30 holes. They have to play 30. Brandon, have you ever played, maybe you have, cause you love playing <laughs> golf. Have you played 30 holes of golf in a I, day? I've never played 30. I've, I've played, well actually that's a line. I have, I, I've played two rounds of 18, so I've played 36. Okay. Um, one That's day, <laughs> I remember. Now, granted, I'm not a professional golfer. In fact, I would be closer to never have played golf than professional golfer status. Um, but I was t- 
like I was dead after. And here's the thing: they got to play 36 tomorrow. Well, I guess tomorrow's Sunday. Tomorrow's the. Yeah. I was gonna say they got to play the next day. Today feels like a Friday to me, so I was like, they got to play. I mean, they I don't play know. The next do they, do they, see, I don't. I don't know. Ben, I think Ben honestly probably knows more about golf, certainly than me. I don't know. He you he know. probably knows. He's probably in the last year. He's probably golfed more than I have. So yeah. he's probably he's probably up there, and he's probably the the leading analyst on at least uh, this podcast. I think so. Uh, on golf, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we have Aaron. Uh, you know, I don't want to dox us, but yeah. we're not far away from Aaron. Well, Aaron so. would definitely be. We, you know, when we talk, we should have had Aaron on. I know we, we should have had it. Maybe maybe that's next week. That'll yeah. be next week. We'll, we'll have Aaron on. Um, and he can he can give us a little Masters recap. If a live guy wins, I know he'll be pissed. As yeah. He's not gonna like that at all. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Brooks Kepka's in the lead. A lot of wacky stuff going on. Live guy in the lead. I mean, people aren't like too happy about that. Uh, like I said, I don't really care who wins. Maybe you care. Do you have like a? I mean, Tiger seems like he's out. He's like plus plus three or something. Yeah. Um. So he's he's not winning. It seems like. Um. Is there any other Masters related stuff that you want to discuss? Not a ton. I mean, the only thing, the other, the only thing I was wondering was like, do they ever finish the Masters on a Monday? Because like, what if I don't know? I'm not looking at the weather forecast down in Augusta, Georgia. But is there any way? they could have to finish this on Monday. That's kind of what I'm wondering, because other than that, I mean, I don't know, Kepka has a four-stroke lead. He probably will win, but, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, I, I would love Colin Morikawa can make a big run yep, and, and try guy. to get it. That's my guy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. This has kind of been a weird Masters, just with all the weather and, uh, you know, golfers not finishing their round on time. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll we'll see. I don't think it's like super crazy if they finish on a Monday. Um, I, that's happened in other tournaments, right? Maybe not the Masters, but like, I feel like that's happened in other tournaments. I don't know. Let's keep on moving along here. Um, go to our next topic. Going to go on over to the NBA here, and a uh, decent amount to talk in the in the NBA today. Uh, we have some awards coming up. We have kind of we're, we're heading towards the end of the season. Uh, before we get to all that, though, this the uh, NBA and the players union did agree on a new CBA agreement, uh, collective bargaining agreement, and there's some stuff definitely to talk about on this. As the uh, salary cap expert uh, on the pod, I have some interesting thoughts, and as the NBA expert on the pod, I feel like you should also have some interesting thoughts. So we're both on the same ESPN article here. Uh, we'll go through, uh, you know, some of the some of the stuff that's in this. Uh, kind of the biggest thing, at least it seems to me the biggest thing, is the uh, the tax penalty on it. And yeah, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty here, but it, it seems like they're they're implementing some sort of slightly harder cap. I mean, it's not a hard cap, but at all, it's in fact quite soft. Uh, but they, it seems like some of the luxury tax is being taken down a little bit. Um, I think this is an enormous W. Uh, just a huge win for fandom in general, and it, pretty much just an L to like the rich, rich teams, like crazy rich teams. Uh, Trevor, any any part of this aspect of the CBA that like you you have any comments on or thoughts? Yeah. So as far as this goes, I agree. I do think it's a you know a step in the right direction. I like this for the NBA. I mean, uh, like you kind of said, it like curbs the ability of these higher spending teams. So like the Warriors, like the Clippers, um, you know, it kind of uh, hinders them you know, to an extent. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I think in theory, you might think about this as like, why would owners agree to this? Because if you're really interested in winning, uh, maybe you want to be able to spend as much money as possible. But it seems like 
the um, I guess in theory maybe the richer owners or the owners that are more invested. So like a Steve Ballmer who is all about basketball. You see him in the stands. Yeah. Obviously the Warriors have great ownership. It seems like the smaller some of these other owners of some of the smaller market teams were really for this. You know, so obviously it comes down to vote. They're definitely going to outrule. Some of these owners, like with the Warriors, the Clippers, I don't know who else, maybe the Brooklyn Nets, um, some of these higher spending teams. So seems like a good thing to me. Um, um, I'm definitely excited about it. It gives it a little bit more of a chance to some of these other teams. So I think that's a good thing. Um, other than that, the other big thing that I was really focused on when I originally saw this come out was the uh, basically um, with all NBA teams, and right now we're in the heat of the all NBA MVP season. Obviously, everyone's talking about it, everyone's debating it. It seems like as of next season, they're going to make it so that it's basically mandatory for players to play 65 games in order to win the NBA MVP. Yeah. And it seems like all NBA teams are also going to be tied to this. Now, there's not like specific details on, like, oh, if Giannis plays 63 games, does that mean he's not eligible to win MVP? I'm not too sure. It seems like there might be some sort of conditions that might come into play there, but we we just don't really you know know what that is. But um, I overall I like this. I do think it's a you know a marginally better thing. Obviously, we have so many players, so many stars that play 50, 55 games. I mean, you could look at some of the best players across the league, and some of them are due to injuries for sure. But other times, it's you know load management, which to me is the single biggest issue in the NBA right now. So I do like this, but again, there's got to be many other things to help with load management. Um, But Brandon, I guess, what do you think about uh, this aspect? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this before the pod started. Uh, This, this, I, I I think if, if they're trying to help load management, this isn't it. I'm not saying this is a bad change. I actually think it's good. Like we shouldn't have a guy playing like 30 games being on the all NBA uh, you know, team list. I don't think that's been an issue too much. Wasn't like more recently there was someone who was like kind of questionable. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Someone like one of the years pretty recently, like questionably, you know, played like they played like 50 games or something. And it was like, oh, I don't know if they should be in. I think in general, that's like a good, I guess, rule to have. But this, in my opinion, does not affect load management. Most of the guys that are not on max deals, like think about if you're on a max deal, because you need you need the accolades to get on the max deal, right? You need the All NBA teams yeah. to get on that max deal. They don't. They, this doesn't really affect them. You know, they don't care if they're on. They're, they're going to get max deals no matter what. Like it's like someone like uh, Luka Doncic, for example. He got his mm-hmm. new deal. From now on, he's always getting max deals. He's yeah. one of the best players in the NBA. So like him not playing X amount of games during the season doesn't really affect him. And the guys that this would affect, the young guys who are you know in their first three four years. Um, already play all the games. They're young. They're spry. They have the energy. They're able to play 82 games in a season without getting hurt too much um, or, you know, needing those days of rest like, the you know, the guys that are in their late 20s or early 30s. So to me, this rule doesn't affect load management. As I talked to you before, and I'm such a big, like, proponent of this, the NBA desperately needs to lower the amount of games throughout your season for a magnitude of reasons. Number one is load management. That's what we've been talking about here, and that's that's the main reason. There's too many games. There's somehow back-to-backs, um, which is crazy in the NBA that there's back-to-backs. There's simply just too many games. People would not sit as much if they didn't have to play 82 games. Uh, the other big reason is that you know when there's fewer games, it's easier to follow, especially as someone who's like... Not nearly in the NBA as it used to be. And able to get new fans into the NBA, Trevor, 
is being able to like manage less. You know, the NFL we have one game, one day a week pretty much that we go watch football. I understand it's Monday and Thursday, I get that. But pretty much you watch football on Sundays. It's easy, you know where to go, you know how to get to it. That that's that. That's great. Additionally, if there's less games, there's more time in between games for people to rest. There will be less injuries. There'll be less load management naturally from this because those people are able to rest. We'll also see elongated careers. You know, Luka Doncic in 82-game schedule, you know, the way that he gets, you know, his injuries are kind of average. He doesn't get injured too, too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think, right? He doesn't get injured too much. Yeah. not, not Kind of just a normal amount. Yeah, yeah. You know, his career will, you know, the average career like his will probably end, you know, mid-30s maybe or early-30s, right? With less games, you're going to elongate that career, and they might be able to play another two, three, four years, and you keep the stars in the league longer. So to me, besides the players' union, I get why they don't want the less games. But everyone else, I feel like the less games is such a big win, and it just seems like the correct thing to do. So if you want the load management problem gone, which they don't... I don't think the NBA really cares about it, because if they did, they would do more than just saying, you need 65 games for for the uh, all-NBA teams. If they really cared about it, that's the number one way to fix it. Or you can just elongate the season. I mean, it's already super long. Like, not in terms of games. In terms of, like, I mean, it's played from... When does the NBA start? It starts... Usually mid-October through, like, mid-June. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's what? It's, you know, eight months of the year. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's so long. (laughs) This is so long. I mean, even the MLB, which has double the amount of games, is, like, what, four or five months? Yeah. Uh, it's it's like March through October. Yeah. 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 Seven seven months, six seven months. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's too long for for it's too much. The NBA, I think, just does a really bad job structuring their schedule. And now we're they're playing more games than ever. We have play in tournaments. Um, you know, the, the seven game series in the playoffs that they've had for quite a while. They're playing. I mean, if you can hit it right, you could play. You know, a hundred and five games a, a year. I mean, that's crazy. That's too many. Mm-hmm. So, that's the big thing, I think, that if they really wanted to do it, they could. They just are choosing not to, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always agreed with the fact that I think they should reduce the games. Um, and I think there are actually some players that also do think that as well. Um, you know, it, some of this stuff, it's just, like, hard to figure out the perfect solution, I think. Because another element of this is we've seen injuries weirdly kind of increase despite the fact that like, there has been a little bit more rest time. Like, they have eliminated some of the back-to-backs. Again, there are still some back-to-backs they need to try. There shouldn't be any, but there used to be a lot more. There used to be a couple seasons ago where teams would play, like, five games in seven days, stuff like that, which is absolutely ridiculous. And they've kind of cut back on some of that, but, again, just some of these injuries, it's it's kind of weird. I know some people have speculated, well, it's because these kids are, like, AAU. They're playing from such a young age. They're playing... They're in the gyms all day. I don't know. Again, all that stuff. I don't know how you get like statistics. But like that's been to figure out how that's that been happens. our whole life, has it not? I, I mean, LeBron played on ninety teams when he was well, young. Yeah, but like in the nineties. So like in the I think before our lifetime, it didn't really occur like that. You know, like you had like Jordan played multiple sports, but he wasn't playing. Like I don't even know if AAU was a thing in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, probably 90s. not. No. So like I think that you know. In the last, like, 15, 20 years, the AAU kind of culture and just, like, kids playing in that games, like, all day on yeah. the weekends, I think that's definitely increased. And some kids now are starting to play, like, you know, kids, like, at five years old. Right, just, right. just, like, in the gym all day, every day because they have 
dads who want their kids to be in the NBA have dreams. I don't know. But it's it's just weird. It's it's kind of hard to figure See, out. I do think I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason there's more injuries is just the physicality of the league has increased. People are taller. People are stronger. There's more access to more you know a- athletic trainings of sorts. Yeah, more athleticism essentially. Hmm. That to me is the reason why. I mean, you look at like people talk about how Jordan played against plumbers and stuff. You know, and now I mean LeBron. <laughs> like obviously he didn't play against plumbers, but I'm saying like he he, he didn't like Larry Bird wasn't this like. You know, he wasn't like running down the lane like Russell Westbrook does, you know. I don't like, know. do you get what I'm saying? Is that crazy to say? I don't know. It's so hard because I mean, I don't know. I know Paul George. He was on the GJ Redick podcast like about a couple months ago, and one of the things he was saying was that nowadays in the season, like they barely practice. Like they they have like walkthroughs at least for his team. They have walkthroughs. They don't have like hard practices during the season. And he was acting like that was a bad thing, which kind of shocked me at first. But he kind of his point was more to the like, uh, like you're more conditioned, you're more prepared. If you kind of go through it, I, I again I don't know. These are all different yeah. theories and opinions that people have, and it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what the answer is. I and I think this like this is another problem I think the NBA has, and maybe this is my perception of it. I I do think this is true, but I'm saying this could potentially just be like how I perceive it. It seems that coaching in general has become way less important since like even like ten years ago in the NBA. Um, and often we see a lot of times like players on the court like just kind of overrule like what the coach is saying. Um, and it seems like there's less of not that there isn't plays and like things that teams do, but I think that kind of like is a testament, like JJ Redick saying that they practice less to like the team effort of like running plays, running a defense and stuff has become progressively less important. This is another thing I think has led to more points being scored is that the defense has just not been nearly as good. And now people are like, well, there's more three shot and stuff. And that is true. Like, I'm not saying that isn't, and that does add to it for sure, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I mean, like, LeBron, like, the LeBron teams, like, especially, like, over the last two years of the Lakers, or three years, Lakers would say, what have they had? Three coaches, right? Yeah. And they've done relatively the same. They're doing a little better now because they're healthier, mm-hmm. pretty much. But they've done all the same. It hasn't seemed like a coach has changed that system too much. And I, I know that's probably not the greatest example because it's LeBron, you know, and it's kind of a different situation. But, I mean, we look at, like, like Popovich with the Spurs. I mean, Popovich has taken some not great teams and done decent with them. They're, I mean, they're terrible. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. They have He's Tim done some Duncan teams. Kyle like, Leonard. No, no, no. I'm, I, of course, of course. I'm saying he has done, like, good coach work with, like, teams that aren't the, the, the top-tier talent. I'm not saying those teams aren't top-tier talent. I'm saying Pop in the past has done well with teams that aren't nearly as good. Even in previous years of the Spurs— uh, after like Leonard left and stuff, where they just had like Dejounte Murray and stuff. They were alright. Yeah, yeah, I they guess. were fine. I'm not saying that they were like the one seed, but I think like this is this is the testament of like today's NBA. It's a very weird player centric league now that yeah. that is uh is uh is falling into a, a weird place. A weird place. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I I still think coaching definitely matters a decent amount. But I mean, uh, again, load management, like we said, that's the number one problem problem in the NBA. I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, load management—that's that the that's the biggest issue. That and the hard cap; those two, I think, are almost equally as important. Okay. I I would genuinely like. I'm I'm so serious. If they mm-hmm. implemented a hard cap, they can have. I don't care about load management at all. I just don't. I don't think it happened as much too. If there was a hard cap. Maybe. Because think about, like, if there was a hard cap of, like, let's say it's 120 million, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, like, uh, for example, the Cavs, right? 
let's say like Evan Mobley just like they're just like let's just sit Evan Mobley, right? Yeah. So like next year the Cavs have a big dilemma because they got to sign like three guys to supermaxes, right? Hard cap they just can't do that. So when your best player wants to load manage, it's gonna be tough to do that because you're just gonna lose so many games because there's like gonna be one good player in every single team. You get what I'm saying? So, like, for example, like, in the NFL, like I, I, again, I, I understand this is apples to oranges here, and it's such a mess to compare them. Just bear with me. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, they lose. Like, it's a, it's almost one-to-one. Yeah. <laughs> They're almost never going to win. If LeBron was the only star on the team, he took up – I mean, LeBron takes up, what, $50 million in, in salary, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's half their salary for one player of a, what, 15-person squad, 14, 13-player squad? Yeah. However many they have a team. You, like – you're going to lose. You're going to lose. So it's going to be so important for those players to play where games will matter more than where they're not going to want to sit. Maybe I'm big braining it and I'm just overthinking it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, so back to like the CBA. I mean, we kind of talked about, so we talked about the 65 game thing. There's a couple other things in here that aren't really as important. I mean, to talk about the in-season tournament, we've heard about that for a couple years now. I don't really know how it's going to work exactly, so... I don't really think that's worth mentioning because I'm not, I'm not sure if it will happen. Maybe eventually it will. Obviously, I think the, the idea there is what they do over in Europe with soccer. Um, but we'll see if that happens. Um, other than that, I think that those are kind of the biggest things um, to mention. Um, yeah, I think we can kind of move on from the CBA stuff. Let's do it. Um, next up, we have NBA awards, which there are a number of awards. We're not going to talk about all of them today. Um some of the, I mean, some of them are pretty much no-brainers. Like, I think Rookie of the Year, it's a no-brainer. It's going to be Paolo Bancaro in a runaway. Um, but some of these other ones are tough. Obviously, the biggest one that's been tough, that has been a heated debate for months now, is the MVP. So we might as well start there. Um, with the MVP, we essentially have three candidates that are, that are in contention. I think they're all very deserving. It's it's very. Close can I name the three the candidates ones. just in case anyone doesn't know? Yeah, you can name. Them. All right, candidate number one easily is LeBron James. Candidate no, hold on, hold on, I'm not no, done. No, no, Let no, me no. name the rest of the candidates. <laughs> candidate number two is LeBron Raymond James. That's wrong again. And candidate number three is LeBron Raymond James Jr. That's also wrong. <laughs> He's not even a junior. The three candidates are Nicole Jokic. Bronny. Bronny's a candidate. <laughs> yeah, Bronny. Bronny's in there and Bryce. Okay. And Zuri. Those are the three. It's the three kids. All right. Uh, Giannis Kimbo and obviously Joel Embiid. Um, so, yeah. Trevor, uh, do you think – so do you think now we have, like, a winner, you, you think? So I, I have my winner, and my winner is not the kid that I think will ultimately be the winner. Um, I, I still – and I've thought this for about a month now. I think Giannis should win the MVP. I've thought that for about a month now. Um, looking at the comparison here between Giannis and Bede and well, I'll start with Giannis and Bede because I have Embiid second. I have Jokic third. Um, if I had a ballot, I obviously don't. Unfortunately, I should. They should. They should give me one. You know. Um, but looking at Giannis, he's played sixty three games. He's averaging about thirty one points per game, uh, twelve rebounds and six assists, shooting about fifty five percent from the field. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are the number one seed in the East. They have the best record overall in the NBA at 58-23 and 23 with only one game to play. You look at that record in comparison to Philly, they're five games better than Philly. Philly's 53-28, and 28. Um, and they are, it looks like, looks like five and a half games, or no, no, six full games better than the Denver Nuggets, who are basically have kind of been losing games recently because they have the number one seed 
pretty much locked up. But nevertheless, Milwaukee's a pretty convincingly a better team than Philly and Denver. Um, I think Giannis offensively um, probably hasn't been quite as good as Jokic. And I think with Embiid, it's very close, um, whereas Jokic is the best defender. But when you look on defense, I think Giannis and Embiid are both um, pretty clearly better defenders than Jokic. Jokic clearly the worst defender of the three. Um, but for me, what I think what separates Giannis from Embiid for me because they are very, very close. And I think Embiid's going to win the award um, in the last straw poll. I think ran by, I think it was Tim Bontemps, I want to say. Um, or maybe it was Tim McMahon, I don't know. I always get the Tims messed up. Uh, but one of the guys that works for ESPN, I don't know. They run the straw poll. Embiid had a slight edge over Jokic last time they did it. I think Embiid has only extended his lead over Jokic. Jokic has been missing some games recently. I think Embiid had like a 50-plus performance against the Celtics earlier this week. But back to what I was saying about the Giannis and Embiid thing. Early in the season, Giannis played um, for two months without the second-best player in the box, Chris Middleton. He was out with an injury. And despite that, the Bucks still have been better than the 76ers all season. You look at the statistics comparison, Embiid um, is averaging about 33 points per game. Uh, so he beats Giannis in that category, but in rebounds and assists, uh, Giannis has the advantage. Uh, efficiency is essentially the same. Um, they're both at like 55%. You could tell me, well, okay, Embiid's a slightly better three-point shooter. He's a better free-throw shooter. Yeah, sure, I would agree with that. Um, but overall, I think Giannis is the more complete defender. Um, you know, Giannis really, see, from what I've seen, I don't see him ever really taking nights off on defense. Uh, he's an incredible shot blocker. I just think overall he's a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball uh, compared to Embiid. And on offense, it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, maybe Embiid has a slight edge, but ultimately you look at the fact that he played without Middleton for the first two months and his team is still five games better. I give Giannis a slight edge over Embiid. And then Jokic, to me, because of the defense, he's third. He's not quite on the same level as Giannis or Embiid. Again, it's pretty close, but I'd have him third. Um, but Brennan, do, do you have any thoughts? Do you have uh, a candidate that you think should be first? Um, look, we're, we're going to be candid on the pod, as I always am. You know, I always keep it 100 on here. I'm always telling the truth. I have no clue between these three guys. I'm going to reside to you. But you know what I do know? is that the fact that LeBron was not even semi-talked about for this award this year is a start. The Lakers are over 500. They're terrible. Okay? And LeBron has carried this team. What do you... <laughs> carried He's, the team? He has carried He's the team. He's not even their best player. He is easily their best player. Not even close. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a great basketball exists. player. <laughs> Anthony Davis is a wonderful basketball player. But the fact that LeBron's not even discussed here is, is just astonishing. Oh, um, any other awards you want to get to, you want to get right into the All-NBA teams? Because I, I know you made a little list, and I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, so I made my All-NBA teams. We should. We Am I going to be happy with your list? I don't know if you will be. Uh, we could transition to that now uh, because, yeah, the rest of MVP, I mean, that's the discussion. We're going to be hearing more about it. I will think Embiid will get it. And, you know, congrats to Embiid on his MVP. He's been claiming for it. Drew Hanlon, his trainers out there going at people on Twitter because in, because Embiid's apparently not getting enough credit. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. Is he but, really? Yeah. The his, trainer's his, going at him? His trainer, Drew Hanlon, he'll like, repl- look this up. He'll like reply to people. What's his that? Drew? Yeah, just type in Drew Hanlon on Twitter. Drew Hanlon. But like he is his biggest advocate in terms of him winning the MVP. And he's always making tweets about why Embiid's done this, Embiid's done that. Jokic hasn't, I don't know. He, he does all kinds of stuff. But that is, um, 
But anyway, that's MVP. We'll transition into the all-NBA teams. Um, I did make my first, second, and third teams. Uh, very tough. Um, oh, and that's another thing we didn't even mention on the CBA agreement. Uh, all-NBA teams are going to be positionless next year, uh, which is a pretty dramatic shift uh, because currently um, it has to be on each team two guards, two forwards, and a center. So essentially this year... Embiid and Jokic, who are two of the three best players, can't be on first team together. You got to pick one to be the center, which is kind of annoying. Um, but they're making a drastic shift next year. It's going to be positionless. Personally, I like it. I don't know if it's. I, I think it's a little unnecessary to go full positionless. I would have just said, let's just do like two guards, two forwards, and then the fifth can be like a wild card. That way, you're not leaving off uh, one of the three best players potentially. But anyway. Um, so to my all NBA teams, I'll start with the first team, uh, go through it. My two guards, Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. Um, this was very tough to pick the guards because I think the forwards, it was forwards was pretty easy. The guards were tougher, but I did do Donovan Mitchell. He's been awesome on the Cavs. They're the four seed, um, in the East. Donovan Mitchell's been awesome this year, averaging about 28 points per game, four assists, four rebounds. He's been awesome. Obviously, I do have a little bias. He's one of my favorite players in the league. But I think he's deserving a first team. Luka Doncic, this was a tough one because if you haven't been on Twitter in the last two days, the Dallas Mavericks are essentially, I think they're eliminated from the uh, plan. They're eliminated. They've kind of been tanking. I think they basically played Luka Doncic, I think, under 20 minutes in their most recent yeah, game. We, we got we to gotta talk about this. What, yeah. what the yeah. hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know. Has load management and like this stuff, like, are they just like cool that are just like, we're out, like, but we're content? This, with the Dallas Mavericks, it makes no sense because they're, well, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe you can make an argument for it, but like, they have 38 wins, so it's not like. But they were still, they still could have, my dad was saying, like, to me, he was like, yeah. they need to win two and they need OKC to lose one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you could. It's doable. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah. I, and like they just talked it. They were just, just like, we're, like not, nah. we're not playing. This is a big problem. This is a big problem. The NBA, I hope they, I know they're looking into it and like they're investigating it. I really hope that they get like a, a vast penalty. Just vast I, penalty. It's, I don't know. I mean, because it, it's not like, I mean, other other team again, like Portland, they started sitting Dame like a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the only team, but like the Dallas Mavericks, I don't understand but, it. Damian Lillard is sitting? They're just not playing him? I mean, they're say- he has he might have a minor injury. I really have no idea. But they're, they're claiming he's injured. They're basically saying I forget what they said. To be honest, I haven't looked into it. But with Dallas, essentially, the difference is okay. So they're basically trying to get what the tenth pick. The difference between like the fourteenth pick and the tenth pick. It's just so marginal. I don't know why they wouldn't at least fight for a playing spot. It really makes no sense. Did you want to talk about that before I? I just think like it's. Yeah. It, I just think like the, the NBA isn't. I know it's your your stuff, Trevor, and you love it, but this is this is bad. Like that's that shouldn't be happening in a professional sports league that a team is quitting actively. Um, and I understand. I understand tanking as a strategy. I I do get it, and I get that teams do it, and it happens. You you look at the NFL. This doesn't happen in the NFL. We just want the, we just want the Texans uh, win. They won their last game and didn't get the first pick. They well, won it. Yeah, but for no we, reason. We've had other examples, though. We've had some examples. Of Not like tanking. recently. Wait, what was the team? I'm forgetting off. Now, granted, I, I I will say there was like, a team that did it like. Not this past season, but the season last season. We we like the. It's definitely not apples or oranges because like the first pick versus the tenth pick in the NFL, and then the first pick versus the tenth pick in the NBA. I mean, the tenth pick doesn't matter. 
versus the first pick, which does matter a lot. Uh, which basically, I mean, the first t- hundred picks matter a ton in the uh, NFL. So, like, it, it's a little different. But I think, like, you know, you, you like that. This is just a big problem. You can't have you can't have the Dallas Mavericks who have Luka Doncic, who they would like to be in the playoffs. Don't you think? Like the, the NBA would like them to be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah like if absolutely. they could pick, I feel like Luka being in is good. Um, you know, like you just can't have it happening. So I, I mean, there's gonna be some sort of repercussion for them. I see you looking something up, Trevor. What do you, what do you, I, what do you saw? I, I forget who the team was, but in the 21-22 season, there was a team that like lost their last game on purpose in the NFL. I'm, I'm pretty confident. I don't know. I forget who it was off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that. Happened. I don't remember that happening. It, was, it definitely was wasn't like for the first pick. It might not have been for the first pick. But, but then, like, it really... I mean, what's the difference between the third and fourth remember. pick? In the in the NFL draft, you think uh, the third and fourth pick, like, the difference matters? I, I agree with you. That's yeah. why I don't understand why Dallas is doing it. I think it's just stupidity. I don't understand it. Um, but It's yeah. a business decision. They got, they got Mark Cuban <laughs> as the owner business decision. I don't understand. But I do have Luca. It was tough. I kind of... I wasn't going to just, like, say, oh, they're, they're, they're doing this, so I'm going to penalize them. I... Other people will do that. I, I know, like, Bill Simmons is going to do that. Other people are going to do that to Luca. They're going to penalize him. But I, I don't know. I couldn't quite uh, get there with some of these other guards. You can argue, like, if you have Shea Gilgis Alexander over Luca, yeah, it's fine. I didn't do it, but I would understand it. Um, the forwards I have are Giannis and Tatum. Giannis is my MVP, obviously, I have him. Tatum, no brainer. He probably would have been fourth in my MVP voting. Um, so Tatum's there. And then Embiid, I had second uh, in my MVP. So he's the center. And again, like because of this, the way this voting works, I can't have Jokic on the first team. So Jokic is going to be on second team. He's going to be the center. The guards, I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander and De'Aaron Fox. Um, Shea, just incredible season. It looks like the Thunder pretty much locked up that 10 spot. He's been really good, averaging 31 points per game. Incredible season for him. And then De'Aaron Fox, also awesome season for him, leading the Sacramento Kings to 48 wins. His counting stats aren't quite as good as like a Luca or a Shea or even a Donovan Mitchell, but you know he's definitely affected winning. Uh, just like some of the clutch stats, I mean he's hit so many big shots in close games. He's been awesome for the Kings. And then my forwards are Jalen Brown and Demonis Sabonis. Jalen Brown, I think Jalen Brown's one of the more underrated players in the NBA. In the NBA, to be honest, so Jalen Brown I included. Um, I think you could actually have Jalen Brown as a guard or a forward because sometimes he plays shooting guard. Um, sometimes he plays small forward. So I had Jalen Brown, Demonis Sabonis, and Jokic running up second team. And finally, third team, the guards, I have Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Um, Dame and Steph both haven't played a ton of games. Dame is going to finish at 58. I think Steph's played around 53, 54, uh, but their numbers are both off the charts. So compared to some of these other guards like John Morant, Jalen Brunson, um, I gave the nod to Dame and Steph. The forwards, I have Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler, both really good seasons. Again, the Heat haven't been, I mean, they've disappointed. I'm a Heat fan, they disappointed me. But Jimmy Butler has still been really good. Um, and then the center, the third team center, Anthony Davis. Again, I think Anthony Davis has been the best Laker this season, and he's helped lead this rally. No. The Lakers are now the seven seed. Um, we'll see what they get, but they're it certainly locked into the plan at least. I'll tell you, when um, it's time to take the last shot in the game, you know who's not taking the shot? <laughs> Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis, hey, Anthony Davis is still a really good defender. LeBron, I, I think on defense he's uh, slipped quite a bit here in the last couple of years. Slipped, slipped on what? Slipped his performance. I don't know about defense. that. Yeah. I don't know. 
But yeah, those are my teams. So I mean, I know one of your, I know what one of your criticisms is, but um, I don't know. What, what are some of your thoughts? Let me let me take a look at the list. Let me let yeah, me. Let me you got it written down go here. Ahead, take a look. LeBron not being on here is crazy. Alright. I know John Moran missed a lot of games. I'm surprised we didn't have him on here. But the I guess guards are tough. Who, who so good. Who would he have you know like whose place would he have taken over, you think? Yeah, so it's essentially it would be him versus Steph, right? But when you look at Steph, like Steph's numbers are certainly better. He's averaged about thirty six and six. Yeah. He's more efficient. But John Morant, I mean, John Morant's played six more games, and he averages more uh, rebounds, I think. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, Steph's been the better player. You can argue, well, the Grizzlies are a much better team than the Warriors. Yes, I agree. However, I think Jaw also has a better supporting cast than Steph has. I mean, Wiggins has missed a ton of the season. You know, some of these other guys have missed a lot of the season for the Warriors. So, yeah, I, I think it would be between those, but Steph for sure, I think. I would put over jaw. Gotcha. Well, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Um, exit the awards segment. Uh, next up here, we got you know the uh, the playoffs are coming up, as we know. Uh, the East is pretty much set, as you said earlier, but the West not so much. Um, so I know there's some scenarios you want to go over a little bit. What, what what do we got here that could possibly happen? Yeah. So we'll go through the East quick because, like you said, it is basically set. Um, you know, you got the Bucks. they locked in the one seed, Celtics at the two, Philly at the three, Cleveland at the four, uh, New York at the five, Brooklyn at the six, Miami at the seven. Those are all locked in. Those are going to be the seeds. So we will have the Philadelphia 76ers, the three seed, playing the Brooklyn Nets. That will be the three, six series. That'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets, they, you know, this is now post Katie Kyrie era, Macau Bridges, who I who I love leading the way for the Brooklyn Nets. Can they steal a game from Philly? Maybe steal two. We'll have to see. Um, obviously, Harden's been dealing with a little bit of a minor injury, but he's been. That's actually another guy I could have threw in as like an honorable mention. Harden. He, he hasn't. He's played well this yeah, year. Yeah, right? Harden's had a really good season, so you could argue he could be an honorable mention. I think you might even see a couple people putting him on the third team. It wouldn't be wild. Um, so that'll be the three six, and then the four five. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. This is going to be a really good series, Brandon. I mean, do you have any thoughts on on this series? It's going to start next weekend. I don't know what day. But the Cavs and the Knicks, that's going to be the matchup. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Look, Trevor, I don't have a lot of thoughts right now, but I'm going to one of those games. Um, I don't know which one. I know it's next weekend. I'll be there. Um, And uh, I will have some thoughts after the game, for sure. Going into it, though, I know the Cavs are a pretty terrible way. Uh, so them being the, the the higher seed is definitely a big deal for them. Uh, so they, they got to win a lot of home games. <laughs> they got to win probably all four home games to, to get by the Knicks. The Knicks steal a game, it's going to be a rough series for the Cavs, in my opinion. So the Knicks steal a game in Cleveland, Knicks win the series. That's my my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that series. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, but with, with the rest of the East, we have the Atlanta Hawks at the 8. Um, I believe they're locked into the 8. I don't have that in front of me. They are one game up on the Toronto Raptors, who are currently in the nine. I think it's going to be Atlanta versus Miami in that first playing game in the East. Um, you know, Miami's been a disappointment for sure this season. I do still like their chances against a team like Atlanta. Atlanta's one of the, uh, I would say, one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So despite the fact that Miami is a very terrible three-point shooting team, maybe the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA, I still think they'll have enough offense in one game uh, to beat Atlanta. 
and you know secure that seven seed. Well, they were where they will have to unfortunately play the Boston Celtics, and I don't like the Heat's chances there. Uh, Toronto in the nine, Chicago in the ten. That's most likely going to be that matchup. Chicago making a little bit of a run lately. We'll see. They're going to have to win two games straight just to get the eight seed. So that's going to be tough for them. Um, that's the East. Let's move on to the West where it gets a little bit more interesting. Denver uh, locked into the one seed. Memphis in the two. Sacramento the three. Phoenix the four. Those top four are all locked. Um, we have the Clippers and the Warriors. They are tied. Both teams 43-38 and 38, fighting for that five seed. Um, and looking at their last game of the season, both of them, obviously, well, all teams, I think, play tomorrow. But looking at the Clippers um, on their schedule, they have the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. The Phoenix Suns, if I were if I were to guess, are going to sit everyone tomorrow, or their, their main players, at least. They're going to sit their main players. So I would guess that the Clippers are going to win this game. I'm pretty sure they have the tiebreaker, so they would get the five seed and play the Suns. Um, now, you could say, in theory, if the Suns wanted to, they could go out and try to win this game if they didn't want to play the Clippers, I guess. But that doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think the Clippers will win this and probably secure the five seed. The Warriors play the Blazers. They're going to win that game. The Blazers aren't trying to win anything. Um, so the Warriors most likely will get the six. And then looking at the Lakers, who are currently in the seven, tied with the Pelicans at 42-39. and 39. The Lakers play Utah. You know, Utah's weird because every time you think they're going to just outright go and lose every game they can, they're going to tank, they just start winning for some reason. I don't fully understand it. Um, but, it, I mean, I would imagine the Lakers are going to win, but it's not a total guarantee, I guess you could say. But I, I would guess they'll get the seven, which would mean they would play the Memphis Grizzlies if they can win that first playing game, which most likely will be against the New Orleans Pelicans, who are the eight seed. They play the Timberwolves. Now, this is probably, this might be the biggest game of tomorrow, the Pelicans versus the Timberwolves, because the Pelicans are the eight, the Timberwolves are the nine. Um, I wish I had in front of me the tiebreaker. I, I should have been more prepared. But that'll be a big game tomorrow to see Timberwolves one game back on them in the nine. And then the 10, uh, I believe they're locked into the 10, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, who do the Thunder play tomorrow? The Thunder play the Grizzlies. They play the Grizzlies. So they're most likely going to win that game because the Grizzlies are probably going to rest their stars. So those are kind of the biggest things to watch out for. I would definitely be looking at that Pelicans-Timberwolves game. That's a big game. I think Clippers-Suns, another big one for tomorrow. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, some of these play in, play or playoff matchups are going to be really fun. I think Kings-Warriors, if we get that as a 3-6, it's going to be super fun. A lot of scoring. Uh, you know, going Steph and Clay and uh, Andrew Wiggins, when he returns, I don't know. We still don't know when Andrew Wiggins can return. It seems like it's not going to be till the playoffs actually start. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and then Suns-Clippers, obviously, another really good matchup. And then if we get Grizzlies-Lakers, obviously. We, we saw some beef earlier in the season, Shannon Sharp and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of fun matchups in the West. The East isn't quite as fun, but again, I did say that the Cavs-Knicks will be a really fun matchup. So those are kind of the biggest things to look out for. I mean, Brandon, if you look at the Western Conference, what kind of stands out to you? What, what are you looking forward to? So a couple of things I want to talk about. A lot of really good home teams in the West. Um, we see the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Warriors all have less than 10 losses at home. 
Um, but one thing I want to mention, Trevor, the Golden State Warriors are 10-30 not playing at Oracle. Uh, well, it's not Oracle anymore. It's the Chase Center, right? Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. They're 10-30, and 30, and uh, they're in the sixth seed. That's a, a wild stat, so I wanted to throw that one on you. The other thing I want to talk about real quick, same thing here with the away records. The Nuggets and Grizzlies are both under 500 away, um, which is pretty surprising. The Kings are 25 and 15 on the road. Yeah, um, they're better on the road. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good on the road. Maybe the Kings make a little run. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if, if it's seven, the Warriors, the Warriors are going to be the betting favorite because, uh, you know, people who, people who bet are obviously going to bet. They're not going to bet the Sacramento Kings. But I don't know. I might pick the Kings to win that series. We'll, we'll see. But, and again, we, we still don't know because, like, Andrew Wiggins hasn't played in so long. So it's, it's yeah. hard to really predict that one. But I might pick Sacramento. I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, Trevor, I think that kind of wraps it up for today. Again, another podcast where I'm like, this is going to be a short one. We somehow cap out at 45 minutes here, uh, which is pretty solid. Um, well, yeah, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. As always, uh, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. We, we're going to start posting more on there. Yeah. Um, especially now that like I feel like me and you are like a little bit less busy especially you yeah for sure yeah i i, I, I wish i could have wrote i wish i could have wrote an article like today but just not a lot of time that, that was not yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably not today maybe yeah. maybe 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 next week when you're doing what you're doing next maybe. week i don't want to like tax what you're doing but maybe when you're doing you're chilling a little bit that might be a good time to, to write maybe like a little little uh uh pre-playoffs article Some or something playoffs, i don't want to put you on the spot but i'm putting you on the spot we'll maybe see. that'd be cool <laughs> yeah um of course follow us on twitter at the small baller um, and you can stay up to date when all of our podcasts are going live. We're cooking up something on one of our other podcasts very shortly here, uh, which is really great. Now that that we're finally moved in and and this craziness is is slowly coming to an end because it's not ending yet. <laughs> we we, we yeah. just moved in, so it's not yeah. ending yet. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.